Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 160. This is your host, Suman Silwal. This week, we have a, an interview podcast. I hope you'll enjoy a different perspective in running and challenging yourself. Visit emirates.com to get discount codes for Kent Wool Socks, as well as Southeastern Trail Series and Downhill Marathon. I have added a few discount codes. And also, don't forget to follow Marathon Runs anywhere you find, including YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Enjoy the podcast. I would like to welcome Neat Carroll to Emron's podcast. Uh, Neat is from uh, all the way from Wisconsin, cold country. Tell us about your weather out there. Well, currently it's about 35 degrees and overcast. We had a little snow the other day, but we have some warm weather coming up in the next week here so i'm looking forward to that currently means uh, the end of march beginning of april how long is your uh spring i think you have a shorter spring and very short summer correct depends so i would say the spring is pretty short it kind of transitions we can get snow up here all the way up until mid-april it seems and uh and then summer kind of kicks in pretty quick right after that so we have a shorter spring but it's it's a nice transition from the cold weather that we have for the long winter definitely um for you training in those weather how do you train um you know we were i'm here in alabama you know our spring started like a couple of weeks ago still cold for us about 50 degrees cold for us uh but um but you're you're talking you know snow how do you train um, if you have to train for something in spring races or even the winter race? How do you train for those? The good side of it is I grew up here, so I'm kind of accustomed to the weather. And depending on what it is that I'm training for, I'll do a combination of treadmill and outdoor training. So, I mean, typically the roads are plowed and safe to navigate. And uh, so I'll be able to use those depending on, you know, kind of what what race I'm training for, but we can go outside. The trails sometimes are a little more hectic just because they may not have been, they don't get plowed necessarily and it may not have been navigated by other people. So, but the roads are usually pretty safe. You just have to dress for the cold weather. Here's a one half inch of a snow which shut down the state. So <laughs> we're just getting warmed up here and with a half inch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So talking about that, uh, one other thing uh, you mentioned, um, something we can relate uh, to each other. Um, pre-interview you were talking about you're running a 50 mile uh, in your backyard literally a year ago when we had pandemic and shut down I did run a marathon in my backyard a 0.03 mile like three laps to a 0.1 mile so that's that's nothing you know so that's a lot of mental toughness and I know how how you go through in a lot of things you do I'll, let's start our interview from there um, talk about your you're running that um, in lap uh, around your literally and your backyard, beginning at the COVID shutdown last year. That was right at the at the peak of when things shut down here in Wisconsin, and I pretty much believe across our country. And you know, the message that we kept hearing was, you know, you got to stay home, you got to do things around the house, and to stay safe. So I just kept thinking about like, well, what you know, what can I do? What this is an interesting you know situation. And uh, I had read an article where a guy, I believe in in England, ran a, a marathon on his balcony. So it, it started to like, kind of resonate in my head. I'm like, if a guy can run a marathon on his balcony, why couldn't I run 50 miles around my house? 
So that's kind of where it originally came from. So I decided I'd route it out with my GPS and uh, off I went and lapped the house for about 17 and a half hours. <laughs> the only nice thing about um, running right behind your backyard around your house is that uh, your your house aid station after you finish the you're running you're right there you can go straight to the bed correct but it also created some some mental anguish because after it was that day i did it it was rainy it was cold it was i was wet and uh you know the attractiveness of calling it quits and going and laying in bed was very loud in my head so it it created some mental challenges that I didn't necessarily anticipate because I went into it kind of thinking like, well, yeah, this will be great. I can stop. I can use the bathroom. I got the fridge there. I got everything I need just, you know, a few steps away. But as the day progressed, that became a little more challenging than I anticipated. Looking back, I had a similar issue at mile 15. I almost gave up. I was inside. It was hot for me, opposite of your situation. It was a beautiful day. I was inside in cooler weather inside and 15 miles. I was like, oh, I don't want to go anymore. And then my family's like, oh, aren't you starting to run a marathon? So I went went back and continue. But but definitely, you know, running the small loops and uh, in a small area with nobody out there, you know, cheering, even competing with, and you're just on your own. Uh, that's a mental toughness and a lot of uh, good heart to continue doing that. Um, so congratulations for that. Yeah, thank you very much. But it, it was, I mean, the distance was hard, but I really think the mental aspect of it was much more challenging with all the elements and just the ability to call it quits just at any moment. So it was it was a neat experience, but I think a very teachable moment for me. And as I look towards other challenges or other distances that I want to run. Definitely. One of the messes I had uh, whenever I was doing that, I basically saying, hey, you know, if I can run a marathon in my backyard, what's what's possible to hear? <laughs> I can't do anything. So Yeah, that's very true. That's kind of what was going through my mind as well. People used to tease me that I travel hundreds and thousands of miles, you know, have gone all literally around the world to run a marathon, 26.2 miles. Now, with the pandemic and all the changes that we have, you know, where I go in the backyard and run a marathon. So it's uh, <laughs> how time has changed, you know. <laughs> Talking about that, um, let's... Uh, change the topic just a little bit uh your first time here in emron's uh, podcast to to our audience here uh let's talk about your running running journey tell us about how do you start running sure so i grew up i didn't run competitively in school and after high school i went into the military and i kind of got my first dose of of running distance wise so we'd have to run three miles for our you know our physical fitness tests and uh, so from that point, I think the interest in running kind of took root in me. And it, I really found that it was challenging, but I found just a sense of clarity with my thinking and kind of how I was able to kind of come up with ideas or process things that I've, you know, were kind of wrestling over. And so it, it kind of became very therapeutic for me. You know, I, I would consider myself for a while just kind of, a, you know, go out the door and run. And in 2005, I ran my first marathon. And from there, I've ran probably probably 10 to 15 marathons since then and a couple ultras and then a 50 mile or so. But running is something that has been part of my life for the better part of about, I'd say, 18 to 20 years now. Definitely. Uh, do you take a running as a competitive as well, competitive edge to try to 
compete yourself and compete with others uh, sounds like you take running as a medicine um, beyond that do you compete and try to compete with others how does that work for you i always tell people i get my money's worth i'm not very fast so i'm out there a little bit longer <laughs> than the than the quick ones i've set a goal to one day run boston but for right now it's not in the cards i'm i'm a little bulky with uh, with just the amount of push-ups I've been doing and I haven't been training, you know, as much running as it would require to reach that goal. So someday down the road, I would like to have the opportunity to run Boston. But until then, it's more like you said, it's it's enjoyment, it's therapeutic, and it's just something that um, I'm out there competing against me and seeing what, what I can do that day. So I'm not terribly interested in time at this at this stage of my running career. Definitely. Uh, I started as a just a exercise, and then it became a passion and a habit, and so on. And uh, kind of slipped off from there, became an ultra runner, and just taking the distance and so on. Since the pandemic hit uh, last year, I kind of took that as as a, as what you are talking about, taking running as a, my mental clarity. You know, so mm -hmm. many so many things was happening last year. And um, I needed that moment, you know, and then a day to break a day or start a day from running. And it's becoming more like, for me, a medicine, you know, try to, you know, I tried, I did for, for a very long time. Last few weeks, I haven't done this much, but I used to run 5K or more every day, almost every day, you know, so for almost a year. You know, I'm not a, I don't like to do an everyday streaker kind of thing, but goal was to just do 5k or more or do some sort of other exercise so so it has been an interesting journey um uh, what what you're talking about i don't care for the time but as long as i'm out there like what you're talking about i'm happy with that absolutely i mean and it kind of like along the lines of what you said too i mean one of the things that i've always found interesting about running is that it really requires nothing other than a pair of shoes and whatever appropriate gear you need to wear it's it's pretty you're pretty mobile and you're not necessarily uh you know constricted with you know gym memberships per se or anything like that and i think we found during this this pandemic that you know we we have that ability we i mean people can still do that even with the restrictions that you know we've been living with i mean because of where i'm at a lot of gyms had closed and a lot of the uh, opportunities to work out, you know, at a, at a YMCA or a gym were kind of taken away. So people really had to be creative and look to like, well, what can I do? And, and running is one of those things where you can social distance and you can get out <laughs> and uh, it kind of fit right in there along with biking. I mean, a lot of people biking as well. Yeah. So it was one of those things that really... Uh, you know, I think a lot of people found was available to them as one of the things that, they, you know, that wasn't closed, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, nature was never closed. One of the Super Bowl ad, I saw that. I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Th that's something uh, to really think about, you know, how running, you know, we, we, uh, we've been running. For me, I've been running state to state, city to city, weekend to weekend, things like that. Having, having not able to go anywhere kind of and at the beginning, it was, you know, really difficult. But like what you did and like what I did, kind of took that running to a, a different, take a different approach to the running and just kind of keep running. So, Absolutely. And it highlights that, I mean, even life will throw all sorts of challenges at you, some that maybe you put yourself in and some that you have no control over. And you still have options. You still have choice to make, choices to make. 
And I think, you know, running the marathon in your backyard or running 50 miles around the house, it just demonstrates that, you know, we decide what course of action that we're going to take given any certain circumstance or challenge. And uh, it's up to us. So we can still do what we got to do in, uh, with uh, the situation that we have to, you know, that we've been dealt. Definitely. You know, runners and we, especially ultra runners, we're, we're very adaptable um, creatures. So we adapt to whatever throw at us, you know, either difficult or easy or whatever. So definitely it's an interesting journey. Let's see where we go. 2021 is here and we are finishing first quarter. So <laughs> let's see what the rest of the year will bring. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is you live in Wisconsin. Uh, you live in that area uh, you know, where the snow country is. Um, we live in South. A lot of my listeners probably hardly get to experience running in snow. Um, sure. Can you talk about how do you run in snow? How does that whole thing we briefly talked about, but, you know, from the shoes to clothing-wise, uh, you know, it'll be interesting uh, to some of us who never get to run in white surface and snow and ice and so on. So I think the big thing is with running in this type of climate is your footing. We do a lot of running on the roads and, and they do a nice job around my community where I run, but you have to be very careful because a lot of times, you know, there is some snow, there's some black ice, and depending upon when you run, it could be treacherous. I mean, you certainly could, you know, you it poses a risk to falling or slipping or hyperextending, you know, a leg if you misstep. So you have to be real real mindful of your your technique and your foot placement and uh, with the clothing I mean it's it all depends I mean it's we were down in Florida it was funny uh, last week and uh, you know it was 80 degrees and you know we're in you know shorts and t-shirts and loving it but there were still some people that were in Florida that live there that were in pants and long sleeves so <laughs> you have to and, and that's probably true where you are too yeah, definitely you know, but it's so you kind of get accustomed to the weather. And I mean, for me, I can go outside in 40 degrees in a t-shirt and feel just fine. Whereas, I mean, if you came up here, you know, you might, you might be shaking with hypothermia if you got out <laughs> 40 degrees. So it's all relative, but you, you know, for me, it's, it's dressing in layers and having some breathable clothing and just kind of gauging it to kind of where you anticipate being. So, I mean, so if I'm doing some long runs or when I did long runs, you know, I don't want to overdress because then you kind of overheat and you sweat. Then you might find yourself walking and uh, that could lead to trouble because then you could start getting the chills and, you know, worst case scenario if you're far out that, you know, you get hypothermic. So you got to be mindful of kind of where you're going, what the temperature is going to be and kind of how your sweat rate is and uh, kind of plan accordingly. So you, your days uh, in the winter is short, very short, correct? Uh, I mean, the summers you get forever sun, I think, in the north. I've been to Canada and places like that, and you get a lot of sun during the summer. But the winter is such a short day. How do you motivate yourself to get out? You know, even if we're little, you know, we don't get the snow, but it's cold down here in the south. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, even with the layering and trying to get out dark, I sometimes it's just a very unmotivated situation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just like everybody else. I mean, I have days where you don't want to necessarily do what it is that you should do. And so I've always thought about it as this way, like motivation for me is kind of a short term process. I mean, any one of us can get motivated 
to do something, but it, to sustain it, you have to be driven. And so what I found is I, I try to avoid getting too excited and too motivated about things because that doesn't seem to last for me. It's one of the things like I always kind of think about, you know, when people start New Year's resolutions, they're all motivated to do this. And then by, you know, February, you know, it's a distant memory. So for me, it's about being driven and just making sure it's not it's not what I do. It's more about who I am. It's it's part of me. So I find that to be helpful, especially given the conditions, like you said. I mean, in the winter here, we have very limited sunlight. I also work full time. So during the day, so I mean, by the time I go to work in the morning, it's dark. And oftentimes when I come home at night, it's just about dark. So I mean, yeah, we have very limited sunlight uh, for a few months out of the year. I mean, the winter is tough regardless, um, but but how is your summer uh, weather like for you? So the summers are beautiful. I mean, they get a little muggy at times and a little hot, but the nice thing about, I, I would say about living in Wisconsin is that we do get to experience all four seasons. So mm. our, our winters are hard, but they also makes the summer months that much more pleasurable because it's good weather, it, the days are long, and it's... Uh, it's it's nice, you know, and then you have the the seasons changing, so you get to see the colors, and in the springtime, all the trees are budding, so it's kind of a, I don't know, I I like it. I mean, it's it's yeah. something that I you know grown accustomed to, but I do appreciate the transitions from season to season. In in Alabama, we we do get uh, almost four seasons. So talking about that, uh, you you just mentioned about motivation and how it is and how that works let's change the topic just a little bit and talk about your attempt to uh, run 50k and 5,000 post-ups I mean you know you got me there already running 50k you know that's difficult enough for most of us and doing a 5,000 push-up you know I can hardly do 10 15 uh, let's talk about that where the idea came from I know you raised some money for the charity yep so back in October I did a 50k plus 5,000 push-ups and that all came about from kind of the combination of the two exercises that I love the most, and that is doing push-ups and running. So it started back in 2019. I would go for, or back in 2018, I was doing some runs, and then I would incorporate some push-ups. So the idea just kind of eventually came like, why well, I'd really like to do a half marathon, you know, plus some push-ups. So I ended up doing that. And then at the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C., back in 2019, I decided to do 3,000 push-ups during a marathon. Mm. So I was able to do that. And then from there, I just I thought, well, I'd, I'd really like to try a longer distance and more push-ups. So back in October, I did the Glacial Trail 50K in combination with 5,000 push-ups all under 10 hours. I just made the cutoff. So when you do push-ups uh, like this, um, how do you uh, do the split? It's a it's hundred push-up per mile, or there's a certain thing you do. How, how does that work? So the way I do it is, I would I would every five minutes I'd stop, hmm. do a set or a couple sets depending on what it is I was doing, and then I would walk till my till my heart rate kind of came back down, which would take thirty seconds or so. And then I would, you know, start running again till that five-minute mark. And uh, so then I would just, every five minutes, I would repeat that that sequence all the way through the race. What did you set like? 
Um, at that point, I think I was doing for the five thousand. I think I did uh, fifty push-ups every five minutes. I think is what it was. I'm pretty sure it was fifty push-ups every five minutes. I can't remember exactly how that broke down, but it was it was about fifty push-ups every five minutes, and it would vary sometimes. I mean, it depend. You know, if I was for whatever reason, if I was tired and I didn't feel like you know, I I didn't stress myself. You know, so if I did forty or I did thirty, whatever it was. That was just fine. I knew that I had plenty of time, time-wise, to get that number. So I mean, it's I'm just kind of blown away here. I'm just thinking about you know doing a 50 push-ups every five minutes. Uh, how did you build up to that? I mean, you know, you you say you were in the army and you did, you you've been doing this for a while. Uh, how long did it take? I mean, you know, running itself uh, 50k is hard enough. Uh, doing a push-up, uh, you know. Once or two, one or two sets is hard enough. You're doing here every five minutes, or you know, um, so for such a long time. Tell us about sure. how did you build for that? So I've been doing push-ups for many, many years. I mean, probably just as long as I've been running, I've been focused on that exercise for whatever reason. It's just an, again, it's one of those exercises that you can do anywhere. You don't it doesn't require any equipment, and uh, it's you know, it's as portable as you are. So it was always an inner. It always an exercise that I was interested in and that I, I enjoyed doing. So I think it started from years ago. I, I've been counting my push-ups for years, and I, I always wanted to do a million push-ups in my lifetime. And um, so back in like 2017, in 2018, I started thinking like, well, because I was probably at about 500,000 total or 400,000 total, whatever it was. I started thinking like, well, why couldn't I do a million push-ups in a year? So I started to kind of think about that, and so I set that as a goal. I'm like, well, I'm going to do a million push-ups in a year. So for about a year, I trained, and in 2019, January 1, I started the uh, 1 million push-up challenge for a year, and that breaks down to 2,740 push-ups a day. So in 2019, I was able to complete 1 million push-ups. During that, you know, I was looking at the world record and kind of figuring out, like, well, you know, if I can do 2,740 a day, why can't I do 4,000 a day or whatever it is? And so it's just kind of that mindset that I have that, you know, you take something that looks impossible, you break it down into manageable chunks, and you make it possible. So that's kind of how I approached it. So back in, uh, you know, 2020, I decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do a world record. And so I was thankful enough to, you know, couple with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And so that's just kind of how it is. I mean, I just, I'm always looking for things to be challenging. And like you said, I mean, running a 50K is hard enough. You know, doing 5,000 push-ups in one day is hard enough. Well, why not try to do both of them? I just try to look at it, you know, to be challenged, challenge myself and to set a good example for my kids and for other people that, you know, you're only limited by what you believe is possible. I believe on that one. Of course, you you are limited what what's possible. Sometimes possible is uh, impossible. You know, <laughs> sometimes what we want is versus what we get is a little different. You know, in life, uh, we all know that. Um, but but what you have done, is, you know, it's a proof that you know it can be done. So so talk about uh, you know when you. When you do push up, you know, you know, push up is upper body, running is lower body. Um, mm-hmm. Combining both those two, how does that help your overall fitness? Uh, 
you know, so so that way you can run better at the same time you can push up better. Um, I guess that those are the two passions you have. Um, so let's talk about that. How the how is it helping complementing each other? Well, I think both are what I would call kind of like functional fitness. I mean, the ability to run serves a purpose. You know, the ability to have upper body strength that you that you get from doing push-ups. I mean, it has a purpose. I mean, it, it's something that is very functional. And I don't know exactly scientifically how they complement each other, but what I do know is that how the body is, the muscles are so interconnected that it certainly they it creates. Um, I guess, you know, like a body that is ready for physical challenges. I mean, so it's it's something that, you know, if you work at it and you continue to train and develop and take care of it, your body will respond in pretty remarkable ways. And that's kind of what I've found. I mean, and I, I always try to like, I try to like explain things in a way that maybe people who don't run or people who don't do push-ups kind of to understand. So the way I look at what I do is if you've never ran a mile in your life and you're thinking about running that mile, I mean, that's a far, far distance and that's a hard distance, but you take that same distance, that same mile, and you talk to somebody who's ran an ultra marathon or a hundred miler. I mean, that same distance is very manageable, but the difference is that the individual who's a runner has trained and worked and kind of, you know, prepared for that workload where somebody who's looking at it from the beginning hasn't doesn't have that same perspective so when I look at push-ups 5,000 of them or 31 miles it's the same perspective I mean it's it's something that I've worked up to and trained my body to navigate through yeah when I first started running um, I talk about those stories you know running 1.6 miles without stopping used to be a big deal so I'm, now I've gone yeah. miles and hundreds of miles. So you look at the distance of a marathon. I mean, I've never ran 100 miles, but it sounds like you have. That same 26.2 miles is very different for you because of what you've experienced and what you've conditioned your body to endure and conditioned your mind to endure than somebody who's just like decided, you know, I'm going to start running and, you know, maybe I'll, I'm going to start with maybe a 5K or something. So it's... It's again, it's a lot of you, you can't just get off the couch and do what maybe we do. You have to put in time and work. And that's where it kind of comes back. Like I try not to get too excited about anything. I try not to get too motivated because I can't sustain motivation, mm. but I can sustain being driven to accomplish something like that's something that I for me that works motivation you know, that comes and goes, you know, it's the flavor of the month. And for me, it just, it's never worked for me to get too excited over something. And, uh, you know, there's no quick way to do what we do. I don't think, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Definitely. There's not that uh, one of, one of the better part about, uh, running hundred mile versus going run a marathon, even half marathon, the time it takes to run a hundred or even 55 miles. I ran a few weeks ago. Versus running half marathon in an hour and a half, close to two hours, I'm done. You know, I'm ready to ready to drink beer and enjoy the day. So versus I'm I'm running day and night. So yeah, and I think mentally it just it creates a uh, it, it's just a way different perspective. And uh, so I, I mean, like I said, like you know, I'm listening to you talking about running 100 miles, and and I can't wrap my head around it because I haven't done it and I haven't experienced <laughs> it. So. So I'm looking at it like, wow, that's that's pretty incredible. I don't know if I could do that necessarily. You know, I mean, that's kind of how the internal dialogue that I have. 
you know, it's a neat thing and you have to be willing to test yourself. You have to be prepared to fail. I mean, like for me, I can't be afraid to fail. I mean, if I, I mean, I can go out and run three miles and, you know, no problem. It's, you know, it's not going to kill me, but I don't know if I can run a hundred miles, but I like that living on kind of that edge of, you know, where failure is very realistic. It's a possibility. And yep. I think that's what makes it exciting. I look forward to uh, for you to run 100 and then however many hundred thousand plus of our 20. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're talking. Now, now, now you're now I'm challenging you, but <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, you know those are the challenges, you know mental toughness, uh, physical toughness, and you know sometimes you may have mental and physical toughness, but uh, but sometimes it's just the your body and you know may not want it to do it, you know you know make it make it go and do it and sometimes it's it's difficult for us so talking about that uh so let's just focus on this uh 50k and 5000 um push-ups um just kind of focus there is that the the maximum you have done in a race running uh and push-up is that a world record you you mentioned that world record so are you are you the world record holder i i have no idea i don't i don't you know, you. I did look to see if anybody's ever combined the two, and I could. I couldn't find anything. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine that there's probably very few people that have ran 31 miles and did 5,000 push-ups. So maybe you need to reach out to them and see. Maybe they have a new category for you. Yeah, maybe that would be a good. I, I had never thought of it. Yeah, so yeah. I should. Yeah, that process. I met a lot of people who actually literally go out and break the world record. It looks like that's not what your intent there. So. No, I was just challenging myself, and it was again. I, I just think that it was it was an interesting combination of two events that are very challenging for me. I mean, thirty-one miles very challenging to do five thousand push-ups in a day very challenging. And I thought, how neat would it be to see if I could do both and make the cutoff time? Definitely. Let's talk about the nutrition. Uh, what what kind of nutrition it takes for you to you know do the event in itself? You know, not not part of the training, but part of the event itself. How did you, you know, hydrate, eat at the top of that, just motivate yourself, keep going? So I, I try to eat relatively healthy with lean meats, and um, I drink a lot of water. On race day, it was it was a trail run, so it was, you know, limited. They had a few, they had probably four aid stations, I think, at various points, so I'd load up on whatever they had there. And uh, I, I would take, I don't like the gels. They don't sit well with my stomach. I've always been somebody who eats more naturally. So it just depends on what was being offered at the, uh, at the aid stations as far as, you know, fruits and peanut butter and stuff like that. So that's basically what I ate during the, uh, the race was what was provided. I think they had heed for um, a drink. And I use that. Aside from that, I, I just try to eat healthy. I probably eat too much ice cream. That's my one bad thing that I do. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I guess you got to have some. But yeah, some would be nice. Yeah, if I could stay away from the ice cream, I'd probably be a lot faster. But it just, it's one of my vices, I guess. I like my ice cream. But, uh, no, it's just trying to, you know, eat healthy and uh, drink a lot of water and, uh, you know, let your bo- listen to your body. A lot of what I do, I think, is just being – very in tune with how my body responds to things and if it doesn't feel right or it's tired i don't stress it to the point of risking significant injury so but that's just where i'm at i mean i'm not a world-class athlete that's you know pushing the envelope i'm just trying to stay out there definitely 
if somebody if somebody's looking looking at doing what you, what you're doing you know combining it doesn't matter i guess uh a running event with uh, something okay maybe push up maybe plank maybe maybe you know uh, burpees it it all you know or co- combination of everything you know somebody's want to do i know i have friends uh whenever we go train and they were like uh, waiting for somebody we'll be doing some sort of exercise um sure. in a group run so somebody's want to do some challenge like what you're doing what do you recommend for those people who is looking at in the future how how do you i mean you have gone through this uh i have not met many people who do this i mean i have done a push up at the finish line but no, nothing like what you have done uh Tell us about uh, how should they, you know, prepare to do that and what will take them to do it. I, I think people should just look at what is it they want to accomplish, whether it seems unrealistic or not, and really take the time to break it down into small, manageable chunks. And so, like, example being, you know, I do between four and 5,000 push-ups every day. It sounds insane. It's, I mean, how do people find time? You know, I work full-time. I have three young children. You know, how do I do it? You prepare, you plan, you you train, and you, you weave whatever your passion is into your daily life, and that's how you accomplish it. So I would say to anybody who's thinking about setting big goals, Weave it into your life. Don't make it what you do. Make it who you are. And the biggest thing for me is just breaking that big goal down into very small, manageable chunks and build upon where you're at and uh, take the, the setbacks, the failures as opportunities to learn and take another route to the goal that you have set. That's kind of how I look at it. And it's uh, it's worked for me so far, and uh, I've learned a lot of lessons and a lot with the failures that I've had, and it's taught me significant information that is applicable to the ne- the next decision I'm making. Definitely, uh, breaking anything we do in smaller chunk always helps. You know, like they say, you know, you cannot eat elephant. You know, you had to eat a bite at a time. I'm a true believer that you know, running 100 miles for me is even 55 miles, I end up running. Uh, you know, I have to take it a mile at a time, even half a mile at a time, hour at a time, and so on. So, so definitely, um, congratulations for your achievement. Um, hopefully, you will have a bigger and better goals in the coming future. You did run for a charity. Let's talk about your charity a little bit. Yeah. So right now, I'm attempting the world record for the most push-ups in 365 days. It's 1.5 million 235, which breaks down to 4,111 push-ups I have to average every day for 365 days. And that's to uh, raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation out in New York. So what does the Tunnel to Tower Foundation does? So the foundation for First responders that are killed in the line of duty, whether it's police officers, firefighters, EMT, if they're killed in the line of duty, they leave behind a family with young children. This foundation steps in and pays off that mortgage so the family can stay in the house, have some financial relief, and preserve the memories that they made with mom or dad that was killed in the line of duty. They also support our military, so Gold Star families. So if a service member is killed in action and they leave behind a family with young children, the foundation steps in, pays off that mortgage, 
and preserves that family and that family home. And the other neat thing that they do is they build smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans. So if a veteran is missing some limbs or injured as a result of his service to our country, they come in, build that house, and make that veteran as self-sufficient and independent as humanly possible. I'm doing uh, this challenge, the 1.5 million push-up challenge, to raise money for that foundation to help support those that serve our country and serve our communities all across the United States. Definitely. Such a great cause. How far you are in a 1.5 million push-ups? So this challenge started June 14th of last year. So as of yesterday, I'm at 1.3 million I'm at. So I have about 80 days left. This will conclude on June 13th. And I hope to uh, break the record either on that day or a couple days before that. So that's kind of where I'm at. And it's, uh, you know, it, it resonates with everything that we've talked about with running and breaking our goals down into small manageable chunks and then just executing every day. And I keep in mind often with what I do, it's not about me. It's about being an example to my kids and supporting the people that allow us to live the lives that we choose. I mean, I think about all the races that I've ran. There's always police officers, firefighters, EMTs that are on hand to, you know, render aid. And that, I think, is just a small snapshot of what they provide us every day of our lives. I mean, they patrol the streets at night, 24 hours a day, and they're always willing to uh, put themselves in between us and danger if that's the, the situation that calls for it. So, I try to do my part to support them and honor their service and commitment to us. Definitely. And we'll uh, put a link to all your um, challenges, uh, foundation, uh, if anybody wants to donate here, my listening community. So so please um, look look at that show note. Uh, I'll put that out also on the Marathon Runs Facebook page. I'll put that out. Thanks for doing that. Uh, before we close this interview, um, I want you to uh, give words of advice to all the listeners uh, who wants to challenge themselves beyond their ability. My words of advice are, are pretty simple. Embrace failure. Don't be afraid to fail. If there's anything worth anything, it has to be an effort to get there. And I think for many of us, we all have a lot of ideas about things that we want to do, whether that's you know within running or life. But to not be afraid to fail. And I think when you let go of that failure or what you think people might think if you if you do fail, it opens up that you can really pursue things. And I think that's, for me, when I've really kind of opened up and been able to pursue some of the things that I wanted to pursue is because I'm not afraid to fail. And I think the, the reality of that is what makes it very rewarding if God blesses me with the ability to accomplish it. So don't be afraid to fail. We're a lot stronger than we uh, give ourselves credit for. Definitely. And uh, one of the lines for me is also it makes us a human. You know, with the failure, it makes a human. You know, we cannot yep. succeed and go forward in life and learn from it without a failure. And I kind of had a taste of that recently, but um, but definitely I'm looking forward to improving and move forward. So thanks for your time. Um, looking forward to hearing about your challenge and we'll follow through. Congratulations for uh, whatever you have done so far, and um, and uh, good luck with with your 1.5 uh, 
million push-ups. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.